So Nikki, who are we talking to today? Today, we're talking to one of my creative business mentors, Quinn Tempest. Quinn is the founder of Create Your Purpose, a community of entrepreneurs dedicated to building impactful businesses and lives with intention and no burnout. She's also a great designer, a masterful Instagrammer, and has just started her own podcast. During this interview, we'll take you through Quinn's nonlinear stardust journey from marketing in the entertainment industry to the powerhouse coach that she is today. As artists, it's helpful to use her story as a great example of what's possible when you stop the hustle of doing all the things and you begin examining your why and getting really intentional with your life and your purpose. We'll do a really helpful visualization exercise together later in the episode and make sure you listen to the very end where Quinn gives us some great tips for standing out on Instagram. Let's dig in. Hi, this is Laura. And this is Nikki with the Stardust Society, inspiring you to stop getting in your own way and start building an art biz and life that you love. We are artists who believe strongly in the power of community, accountability, following your intuition, taking small, actionable steps, and breaking down the barriers of fear and procrastination that keep you stuck. Follow along with us on our creative business journey as we encourage you on yours. Quinn, thank you so much for being here today on the Stardust Society podcast. Yeah, I'm excited to chat. Thanks for having me. Nikki's been talking about you for quite a while, and it's really great to be able to finally meet you today. And why don't we just start off by you telling us about your own Stardust story and how you created your business and how it's grown over time? Yeah, well, I love the idea of Stardust. And also, I am an entrepreneur, but I approach business from an artist perspective, from a creative process perspective. And I think that's the fun of building a business is kind of throwing some paint on the canvas and seeing what (laughs) happens. And I think the more we can adopt that mindset in business, the better off we are and also the more fun we have. So really, my story started in a full-time position. So Mm -hmm. I graduated college I thought I was going to be an actress. So I was in LA for many years studying, thinking I was going to start auditioning and, you know, doing the whole waiting tables thing. And then (laughs) I realized, you know, I need to pay the bills. Mama's got to pay the bills. And so I took the first job I got, which was an internship in marketing at the time. And I basically learned everything I needed to know, especially about events, marketing, but it was within the, I guess we can say entertainment industry. And so we worked with a lot of celebrity clients. We, I was at Playboy Mansion multiple times, which people are like, what? Coin you? I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes my, my, my BAB cups were definitely there. And, <laughs> and so, I, and it was a lot of alcohol clients too. So it was just a scene that I never really expected <laughs> myself to be in, which was really interesting. And I worked so hard and so long where I got to the point where I really didn't know where the job ended and where I began. And I burnt out really badly, badly enough to end up in the hospital where, yeah, it was just exhaustion. I kind of joke because I, my actual diagnosis was mono. 
uh, which is definitely correct because I was kissing a lot of boys at the time. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess only 3% of people get it that bad to end up in the hospital. And I got it really bad. And I was there for maybe four nights. And I still remember going right back to that job right after no break, no recuperation, no healing. And going even further into the hole of what I now know is burnout, but at the time I didn't. And it was, it was the type of burnout that was also so physical too, because of the, the, you know, condition that I was in that I actually didn't even have the skill set to be aware you of just the thought you were that sick. I was in. Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't even know. And mm-hmm. so I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and it got to the point honestly, where the biggest wake up call wasn't the hospital. It was months later when I was riding my bike and I still specifically remember this moment. I was riding my bike. And if you know anything about biking, I bike everywhere. You, if you're going up a curb, you need to go up it perpendicular to the curb, not parallel to the curb. Because if you go parallel, your tire is going to catch the curb and you're going to eat it. (laughs) And I ate it (laughs) real hard right in front of this like five-star hotel, which was very ironic. Of course. And I, yeah, of course. And so I had you know, blood dripping down my leg. I was like all akimbo with the bike on top of me. And the scariest thing was I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel, I, I, I well, I guess I felt numb. I didn't feel <laughs> right? feelings. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel pain. You know, I didn't cry, which is my normal, you know, emotional response to physical pain. And I think that was really the moment that I was like, wow, like I don't even exist anymore if I can't feel things. And that was really the start of me asking myself, well, how do I get out of this? What do I do differently? What do I, what do I need to do to feel again and to be me again? And I don't even know if I honestly asked myself those questions ever before. I was just always like, I'm going to be an actor. Right. And then I didn't do that. And so I just did the next thing. And I, I never was purposeful. I never was intentional. And I don't think people need to hit rock bottom to find their purpose or create their purpose. But for me, <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> so and then, so really, that was the moment that that changed everything. So then what did you do, Quinn? Did you go right back to the job or did you take some time to figure things out? What was next? I don't know exactly the timing of it, but it was not too long after I decided I needed to change. And unfortunately, I think I had dug myself in such a hole that... The only option was kind of what I thought was giving up and failing, which was moving back in with my parents in Arizona, (laughs) because I really I really I was incapable of doing much physically. Mentally, there was an entire fog. And I also just didn't even know what I wanted to do professionally. So thankfully, I had saved up enough money to be able to leave. But this was like over a three, four month period where I I knew I was going to leave. I saved money. I was very intent. I started being intentional at that point because I was like, I can't just like leave and not have this safety net. Smart. So I started doing that and I moved back in with my parents, which was to me at the time, the ultimate failure because I was an adult. I, I, you know, I think it was like 24. Like I wasn't fresh out of college. I was, you know, a woman. But you know what? At 24, (laughs) your brain isn't fully formed yet. So although we call a 24 year old an adult, (laughs) apparently, (laughs) so I moved back, I moved back in with my parents. I like, you know, painted my, my bedroom. I, I like, honestly, I recaptured the creative part of myself. So I painted it peacock blue and I named it the peacock parlor because I love (laughs) alliteration. 
And yeah, I just started kind of getting back in touch with myself and taking care of myself. And, and I enrolled in a yoga teacher training for a whole year because honestly, I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know. The only thing that made me actually feel things again was yoga. And so I was like, well, let me just, let me just try this. Good place to start. Yeah. So then what was next for you? Well, I think really throughout that year, that's when I started thinking about, well, what do I want to do? What, what, what lights me up? What gets me excited? And for mm-hmm. a while, I thought it was yoga because I'm an entrepreneur since I was five. And I feel like everything <laughs> I want to do that I love, I want to turn into a business, you know? You must have had an awesome lemonade stand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the best. I also had like a babysitter's club. I I sold beaded animals on, on the streets, you know, of my cul-de-sac. <laughs> Yeah. So entrepreneurial all along. But yeah, it was during that year where I actually got my first client in my business at a coffee shop. And I just noticed this guy was on the phone and he kind of looked like he was looking around for a pen. And so I just happened to have one. So I was like here and it was like this cute little pink pen. I still remember. And so he came back to give it to me a little bit later and he was like, oh, what are you working on? And I was like, oh, I'm designing my website, you know, and he's like, oh, are you a designer? And I just said, yes, question mark. You know, like, I think, yeah, sure. Had you ever designed anything for myself? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I, I was self, I'm a self-taught graphic designer, so uh-huh. I've never, in my degrees in acting, but actually I started doing a lot of design for like uh, theater programs. Okay. So I would always, the, the, the stuff I was acting in, okay. I would design the programs yeah. and the banners and all of that. I knew you were a great designer. I just didn't yeah. know where, where it came from. I didn't know the backstory on that. I mean, my first website, if we're going way back, Nikki, is uh, about a Beanie Baby website. When I was about, <laughs> like, I'm guessing 11, right when we got the internet, which was, I right. feel like I was around 10, 11. And I did it in MS Paint. Do you remember that? Laura, I told yes. you, I told you she was a lot younger than us. Yes. <laughs> yes. I am? Nuh-uh. The internet happened when I was out of grad school already. <gasps> oh, okay. I'm okay. 53. Oh, I would have <laughs> never guessed that. And I don't mean in that in a bad way. Laura's a lot younger than that, but okay. I am. I am. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Beanie MS Babies. Paint. Beanie nice. Babies, Disney. And nice. I did like, I hand coded it. And you know, it was, it was funny because I never even thought to do that as a career. Mm-hmm. I never, it just never even crossed my mind. But then I kept doing it and I kept doing it. And I actually had a roommate once who asked me, you know, why aren't you doing this and getting paid for it? Like you love it. And she, at that time reflected back to me, you seem lit up when you do these things, Ah. but I I ignored it, you know? And I was like, right. I I was like, F you, like, don't tell me what I'm an actress, you know? (laughs) And so, yeah. So I, um, I think so during that year, I was kind of rekindling that creative part of me that I had frankly just ignored for so many years. And then that opportunity came with that guy at the coffee shop. And he literally right there and was like, asked me, he said, well, what's your hourly rate? And I clearly had no idea what I was doing, but I had just had a conversation with my cousin and he was hiring a graphic designer and he told Uh me what he was paying them. And I was very impressed. Yeah. So it was 75 an hour. I still remember that. And so I just threw it out there. I was like 75 an hour. And I was like on pins and needles to see (laughs) if he was like, "Is, is is that, is that too much? Is that, is that too little? 
And he hired me and he became my first client. It was a really weird, like Sedona. If anyone's familiar with Sedona with like the vortexes and all of that. Are you yeah. doing it? I love it. I'm very woo woo. So I love it. Okay, great. Yeah. So he had like rubber bracelets, kind of like the Livestrong bracelets, uh-huh. but they put like a little piece of foil in them that was like magic. it was somehow like magical so there were ones for dogs there were ones for people and so I designed the packaging for it wait there were bracelets for dogs yeah like like collars or bracelets for people yeah sorry it wasn't just bracelets (laughs) for dogs that's weird I was picturing that (laughs) I don't know I think my dog might get into a bracelet (laughs) yeah yeah so that was my first client that was like which was funny because I ended up meeting my my husband the same way, um, except I lent or he lent me a pen oh. and we got to talking and went out that night and have been together ever since. And he's adorable. And you two are yeah. adorable together. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so how did you go from that one random client in a coffee shop to turning it into a business? Because I know before you did what you were doing now, that was kind of your main thing for a while, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, web design, uh, branding was Mm -hmm. my entire business for probably, Mm -hmm. well, it's been 10 years now. So maybe like six, seven years out of that. That was and and it kind of evolved also to marketing strategy. Right. But yeah, you know, I've had to think about that because it was kind of a wild ride. And I think this goes back to the idea of, you know, treating your business and your career as a creative process. You're not going to know what that canvas is going to turn out to be until you get your paints out. You build some Mm -hmm. tools, you build some skills, and then you see what happens. And so I was just kind of following the clues I saw in my life. I got more clients in coffee shops. I don't know why. I just guess I was someone people wanted to talk to and was curious to know what was on my screen. And and I'm I'm fine talking with anyone. So I think it was just an open channel. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, some of those projects were awful. Like, they're, they were, like, for political campaigns I didn't believe in. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, back then I didn't really have, like, I just honestly, I just wanted to get paid. And that was enough because I, I, yeah, like I just needed money and I didn't necessarily have a goal to build a business or to become an entrepreneur. Like all my goal was, was to not burn out and land in the hospital again. And which is an excellent goal. It is a good goal. (laughs) Yes. Right. (laughs) But sometimes we have to do things we don't love to figure out what we do love. Oh, for sure. And I think it's a process of elimination, Mm -hmm. you know, not this, not this, not this. Oh, this. Right. And so I think like the first few years, to be honest, was just me trying things out, experimenting, building my revenue, getting so excited when I get, you know, a $300 website project, (laughs) you know, I mean, that was actually, I think it might've been three years, 500, you know, I just met a woman hiking and I designed her website and it would lead to another. Mm -hmm. So it was really just about kind of following the breadcrumbs. And then I started really identifying probably about three years in the type of clients that I really, really loved. And it was always women Mm-hmm. And it was women with a purpose. And at the time, I wouldn't know that word. Like, I didn't know purpose. Right. That wasn't the word. But there mm-hmm. was like a deeper undercurrent to what they were doing in their work and what they wanted to do. And what I saw my role playing in that was that I was the one bringing their idea to life. And that that made me so excited. That lit me up like the Eiffel Tower at night was that little gem. Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally get that because um, I use I use the word passion. So my my ideal client 
the ones that make me really happy are when I can help bring someone else's passion to life. Yes. And I feel that way about teaching people. It's mm-hmm. like when, when you're teaching people and helping them see their yeah. own creativity yeah. and bringing that to life. Yeah. But I think this is such a good insight that I have to highlight is that when you can really go underneath the surface of what you do and get at that emotional drive, it's so freeing because you know that that can come to life in so many ways. Because so many of us, we think our purpose or our passion is what we do. And we Mm -hmm. equate our role in our career or our lives as a mom, as a web designer, as a podcaster, as what we are meant to do. But the way I look at it is different. It's what is the why that is driving your what? And that Mm -hmm. why often is really broad. It's really personal. It's that thing that really gets you feeling juicy, you know, and it's Mm going to be unique to everyone. And that's a great that's a great little hint of what's to come with talking about what you're doing now. Well, yeah, I mean, I, and I think it, it fits back to what we were talking about, like the evolution, because, uh-huh. you know, three years into my business, I started seeing, OK, I really like working with these types of people. But at the same time, I've had bills to pay mm-hmm. and I also didn't have a ton of experience yet, mm-hmm. although I had some good experience in marketing. So I ended up taking a client for five years where I was their director of marketing Now, Mm -hmm. that was a part time client and I was able to keep my, you know, passion filled, purpose filled clients on on kind of the side, quote unquote. But I was building up a skill set to actually bring ideas to life in a different, more strategic way than just through design. So that's really where I cut my teeth on the marketing and all of that. And then kind of to zoom forward to what you were just talking about, Nikki, with what I'm doing now with the Create Your Purpose Collective and just the idea of Create Your Purpose, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a synthesis of everything I've done. And I honestly, like there's so much further it can go, but it's all about really at the core, empowering people to bring their ideas to life, to tap into that deeper why behind their work, and then to also pair that sense of purpose with a plan so they can actually move forward and take action and bring it to life. And that's such a great way to think about it because we so often think about what we have to do or what we want to do and not the why behind it. And the way you approach it with figuring out the why first, and there can be a lot of different what's that all speak to that why. I agree because a lot of people think for some reason that entrepreneurship is an easy thing and it's just not. (laughs) (laughs) And, And what I've noticed, you know, that burnout does happen quickly when you are trying to do all the things and all the what's. And so having that why and identifying that why behind it, I think is really useful in helping prevent that long term burnout and fueling your purpose. Right. Oh, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, entrepreneurship is not easy, but there are ways to make it easier, to make it less overwhelming, to make it less stressful. And I do think when you can root yourself in your why, and more importantly, and not in just a fluffy way, actually let that why be an organizing principle that drives what you do things feel better. Thing, you mm-hmm. actually enjoy your business again. And Nikki, I know you're like in the thick of the process of diving into your purpose yep. right now. Yep. But like on the other side of that work is clarity and clarity leads to a little bit more magic in your day. Not all of the time, right. but more of the time. Mm-hmm. 
let's talk about, let's go back a little bit to your story and how you went from doing the design and marketing to creating this new iteration of your business, which is more about the why than the what. Yeah, well, it was because I was focusing on the what. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, oh, that's not the problem. Right. And so I actually, my first idea was to do an Instagram marketing course. Mm-hmm. And that was what really what I wanted to do because I was out speaking. I was, you know, on stages. And, you know, that's still a big part of my business is speaking and teaching. And people were hungry for Instagram information. And I started doing some more strategies for clients on Instagram and, you know, my backgrounds in content marketing. But I realized the more that I really went after that idea, that if you didn't have a strong why, both as an entrepreneur and as a business, which is more of a mission, Mm -hmm. then your content does not connect. And really as a human. (laughs) Oh yeah. As all of the above. But like when you're, when your what's aren't connected to anything and when they're all over the place and when you've got all of this stuff going on, like the strategies I would build for my clients wouldn't go anywhere. Mm. And so I realized, oh, we have to go deeper first, get to that kind of core heat that's driving you and then bring that out through this strategy. And so it was Kind of like, you know, I like to say people get stuck in their what's. We get stuck up on the surface, you know, blaming the marketing, blaming the lack of time, blaming all of these different things. And I'm not saying that those things aren't important. They are. They're Mm -hmm. the things that let us survive in business. Mm -hmm. But the things that help us really thrive is going deeper and letting, like I said earlier, letting those whys drive the what's instead of getting stuck in all of the drama up here. (laughs) Right. And it's almost like that that concept of essentialism when you just start letting the things fall away that really aren't essential to what that purpose is once you've identified it um, that I think makes a huge difference. Yeah. And I think that's the magic and the power of purpose is it makes decision making easier because and I always like to say purpose, if I could visualize it, is like this. And this is going to be woo woo for you, Laura. So (laughs) it's like a glowing orb in the middle of your chest. And you hold it up to decisions or opportunities and you ask, you're like, is this opportunity going to help my purpose get brighter or is it going to dim the light? And when you can have something to hold opportunities up to like that, it just because there's really no right or wrong in a lot of decision making in business and creativity and entrepreneurship. But until you have parameters and something to put it against, it can be really tough to know what, well, what should I do? What should I do next? What should I do first? And that can be paralyzing. It absolutely can be paralyzing. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when you have like just a vague idea of the why, but you have a million different what's. Yeah. I mean, my message is like, just do something. It doesn't really matter what. (laughs) Yeah. That's the other thing when it comes to clarity, I've found taking action helps you get to clarity. Thinking about taking action doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. That's the like standard uh, approach Mm -hmm. (laughs) is just to overthink, do analysis paralysis. And then for years, think about doing something, but never actually do it. When if you just did something, anything, I don't care what it is, throw some clay at the wall and see what sticks. 
that clarity will be built the more action you take because it's like, and I was just talking about this on my Instagram yesterday, it's like purpose pinball, right? Where you hit the ball, it hits something, it bounces off the other thing, then you try to get it to the top, you try to get the points, but along the way, there are gonna be obstacles. Like that is what the journey is. And until you can become the artist of your own life, the artist of your own business, and just approach it with an artist mindset, you just get stuck. We don't know anything about overthinking, do we, Laura? (laughs) Not at all. I mean, we have whole episodes about that. (laughs) And Nikki sends me a meme every day about it, but... (laughs) You're you're overthinking about overthinking. overthinking. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah. We do that. We're we're exceptional at that. (laughs) Have you heard... There's a new book out that I just bought. I haven't read yet, but it's called Soundtracks. Have you heard Uh -uh. of it? No, I haven't. I think it's like the subtitle is like, let me look, but I think it's something like the, the art of overthinking or how to, how to overcome overthinking or something. And it's the whole analogy is like, you have soundtracks that play in your brain and the more you play them, the more you identify yourself with them. And until you can detach and change the soundtrack, change the narrative. It's also very yogic. Honestly, I think it's like a yoga book without yoga terms. (laughs) It's just like, how do you change the narrative in your brain and like not attach to the thoughts? But I'm going to read that soon and you might be interested. Yeah, we need to read that. I think we Mm -hmm. need to start a book club with that actually (laughs) we we might we might have to do that (laughs) um okay quinn let's get back to how you went from the design and marketing to the create your purpose yeah well so back to that instagram course that's what i was building which actually i don't remember how i first found you but i've been following you on instagram for several years and i mean i've always looked at your instagram as kind of a model of how to do it right. <laughs> yeah, you have a beautiful feed. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and the, the first way that I worked with you was taking that Instagram with intention course. Yeah. So that's what I first started building, but then it became the collective. So I put mm-hmm. the whole idea on pause until the right. collective had been around for right. a while. And I still want to do that again and like create, a because that was a beta and that was a test. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And But kind of going back to that flow, it was working on that course idea that then allowed me to say, okay, this is actually not the problem. Let's go deeper first. Right. And then how can I marry you know, my, my interest and passion for mindset and yoga and self-development and in entrepreneurship, but with tactics and strategies that are actionable. Right. And so that's when what I am doing now, the collective, the Create Your Purpose Collective was born over, I mean, it took over a year before I even launched it of working and strategizing on what this would be. And then I invited people in. The Instagram with intention It's a great course, but it's also Mm -hmm. more of the what and not the why. Exactly. So so it was a really good what, but you needed to get deeper than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but now it fits into the framework. Yes, absolutely. And since you're a member, you're a member of the collective, there's four steps in the Create Your Purpose framework. It's Mm -hmm. clarify, strategize, build, and align. Mm -hmm. And so now the way that I look at my business and my offerings is that the collective handles all four of those stages. But because build is such a big stage and it involves all the what's that you need as an entrepreneur... There has to be specialized things that teach people that. So that's where the Instagram came back, Mm -hmm. you know, after a year or two of working on this to help collective members, as well as other people who, Mm -hmm. 
you know, might not be interested in purpose now, although my goal is to convince them to kind of bring them into it a different way. But it's a good intro. It's a good intro into your world that makes you, well, for me at least, because when you start thinking about it, I think, okay, I don't need you to to help me figure out what my purpose is. I just need you to help me figure out how to do it. Yep. And that's what I thought at first. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But then once I got into it, I was like, yeah, okay. But yeah, what am I really doing here? That's so funny you say that, Nikki. My community strategist would be very happy that you say that (laughs) because when I was coming up with the idea for the collective, we built out what we call a transformation map. Mm -hmm. And it was putting people in like an ideal transformation from where they are when they enter the collective Mm -hmm. to where I want to take them and then all the stages in between. Mm -hmm. And we had two pathways. One pathway was for people who were just flat out interested in purpose and they wanted to go directly into that. And then the one that you're talking about is like our trick where we kind of tricked you with marketing. And I needed to be tricked because (laughs) so this is perfect because I think that Laura and I are your two different paths. I think probably the person who's a little more woo woo. Right. Yep. Immediately recognizes that they need the purpose. Mm-hmm. And a person who's less like that and more like matter of fact probably doesn't realize they need that until they no. get into it. Well, that's why they're signing up for a course like that, because they're like, why isn't my Instagram working? Right. And we do talk about that. Like in the course, it was like, here are yeah. the strategies, here are yeah. the tactics. But I snuck in purpose <laughs> all throughout <laughs> that. Yeah, that was it. And, and that was the sneaky tactic that totally worked on me because it's right. Mm-hmm. And I did need the purpose. But if you yeah. had told me that at first, I probably wouldn't have believed you. No, no. And yeah, and that's <laughs> that's literally what the map yeah. was. And yeah. that is also my entire kind of plan and model for my business is now I have this framework mm-hmm. and I map my offers to the framework. Mm-hmm. But the collective is always kind of the premier place I want people to go. But I might need to get them in through different right. pathways. right. Another way of getting people in, I love your quiz. Thank you. Yeah, I just took the quiz yesterday. I just had Laura take it. Oh, what'd you get? Yeah, I was educator. But I was probably close to being the creator, too. Right. I would have well, to say. Well, you could be more than one. So here's the thing about the quiz. It's not a tool for diagnosis. It's a tool for reflection. And I always love to say to pick your purpose pairing, kind of like a fine wine or ice cream with sprinkles, which is more on brand. Um, <laughs> it's like, what's your what's your result that you got? Which for me, it's leader, you educator. Nikki, are you the creator? I am definitely creator. But there's okay. another one that I also felt close to. And I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah, because- so that's that's the pairing yeah, is like, yeah. OK, what's your secondary? Yes. So if I break it down for you, like I'm the leader because my emotional drive in my business and my life is to empower people. But how I do that is through helping people bring their ideas to life. And that's the creator. I actually I'm looking at it now and I'm like feeling really close to a bunch of them. I'm like, OK, I can also be the inspiration I can be, I'm definitely the creator. I can also be a connector. I can be a change maker. (laughs) So for our listeners, there's an amazing quiz that you can take and we'll have a link in the show notes. Yes. Um, But it basically takes you through a series of questions to sort of identify you in in a purpose profile, for lack of a better word. That's Uh, exactly the term. So, (laughs) oh, hey, there you go. Um, Yeah. So there are eight. 
I see it as kind of like if your um, your collective has it starts with the academy, which is broken into modules. I feel like the quiz is module zero. Yeah, it is. It really it's is. It's like your intro into Quinn's world. <laughs> yeah, and that's how, that's how I designed it. And it's funny you bring it up because I am literally in the middle of giving it a, what I call a glow up um, because I've had it running for about two years now. And I've learned a lot since then. I didn't even have Create Your Purpose when I launched it, Mm -hmm. like that name and that company and that trademark. Um, And so I've learned a lot, especially through members in the collective, because that's something you do during the academy. And it's just a tool for you to reflect. So my idea and part of the system I'm doing, although I'm doing it in phases of glowing it up, but my next idea is to take you, Nikki, Mm -hmm. and like, interview you as a creator mm-hmm. and tell your story. So imagine you take the quiz, someone else takes the quiz, they get the creator too. Now right. they get to go to that page where they learn about their strengths and weaknesses and they get to see you and be inspired by the work you're doing. Because uh, I think that's so important. Like absolutely per- in purpose, like inspiration is fuel. And I think we need to see other people like us doing what we want to do. And mm-hmm. so that's my next phase is like actually interview and get like headshots on each page of real women. I think that's perfect. It will help people see everything that you do in action. Yes. Yeah. So once somebody takes the quiz and they find out what their profile is, how do they utilize that to help them with their purpose? Like what is the next step? Yeah. So it's really about reflection. And so like what literally happens next is they get enrolled in an email series. And I just rewrote that in the past week because like I said, I've been learning more about how to talk about all of this. And I also wanted to guide them through the journey. And as you said, Nikki, invite them into the world of purpose in a Mm -hmm. fun, magical way. And so there's, I think, six or seven emails. And in each one, I give them something to think about. So one of the first things is, like defining what purpose is, because I think there's so many ideas and I won't say misconceptions because how can we define something like purpose? Like it's all going to be how we understand it. And so I give them my definition, which is it's not a mission statement. It's not what you do. And what it is, is your emotional drive. So that's the first thing is just education. And then I give them some prompts to think about. Um, Like Nikki, you're familiar with one from the collective. Like what is one key experience that has shaped you and why? Mm -hmm. And just start to get them to think about what that could be. And really the goal of those six, seven emails over two weeks is just to get them to explore it. Like there's literally, there's no sales in it. There's no offer. It's just like, start exploring this. I know it's tough, but let's make it fun. Let's make it sparkly. Let's make it magical and let's make it life-giving because that's what purpose can be once you tap into it. And even though there's no ask in there from you, there's no trying to sell something It makes a person want, it made me want to know more. It made me want to see, okay, how can I go deeper with you? Exactly. And so that's like at the end of the sequence, the only really next step is come into the create your purpose world. Listen to my podcast, get my weekly emails, you know, follow me on Instagram and just start exploring this. And 
that feels good to me as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. is just to invite people into my world. Like I don't ha- like the only thing I have to sell is the collective and that is application only. We don't take everyone. It only opens <laughs> three times a year. And, you know, like that's how I want to run my business is I don't know if I don't know what the word is, but it's I don't want it to feel I want it to feel natural or an organic and, and magical. <laughs> yes. Well, so since we're talking We're talking all around the collective. Let's go deeper into what the collective actually is. Well, you tell me you're in it. (laughs) Well, okay. It's a lot of things. It is a membership. It is a mentorship. It's coaching. It's community. It's educational. Um, It's a lot of things. And I've been in a lot of courses I've been in some communities and memberships and most are just one thing. And your create your purpose collective is all of these things. So (laughs) yeah, well, it really is. It really is. So it helps you figure out, it helps you figure out your purpose, of course, first and foremost, (laughs) but then it helps you figure out how to apply that to what you actually want to do, who you are. Um, So it starts out with the Academy is what you call it. And it's five modules. Yep. 10 weeks. Oh yeah. It's two weeks for each, but, um, but it's great because it starts out sort of visioning and the more, the more broad, the why, and it gets more and more specific as you go through it, which is great because it, it takes you from your why to your what and helps you figure out what the, what is and how to how to make it happen. But it's also community. So I've met some great people in it. We, you have more interaction than any other membership I've ever been in interaction with you, interaction with the mentors you assign to people, interaction with other people in the collective. And, um, that's enough of me gushing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, can I hire you as a spokesperson? (laughs) Yes. Yes, you can. I know you did. You did great. I just sat here and drank water and it was, it was, it was lovely. Yeah. I think what you're getting at and I think where I'm seeing it go is it's really two things. It's a movement. It's a Mm -hmm. philosophy. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's two right there, but really it's what I wanted out of it is a community. And where that this came from was I had an audience on mm-hmm. Instagram, right? I had a lot of people talking to me, talking with me, DMing me, sending me messages. But what I craved more was them to talk to one another. Yeah. And so I decided, well, why don't I create the space, the framework and the general vibe and start to create those connections? And we're only less than two years old and we've had over 100 women in the collective so far. We have about 55 in right now. We're hopefully going to have at least 30 more in a few weeks here. And it's just I'm excited to see where it goes because it's been shaped by the women that are in it. You know, like we've moved off of Facebook. We're about to have a private podcast feed. We're doing a purpose solstice week of events. Like there's a lot of fun things. And all of that has come from the individual women who have come through and who have made this idea that was my idea, all of our idea now. Well, I think it's a beautiful combination of um, people who have a few things in common, but still a very diverse range of interests and experience. And I've been in other communities that are either really narrow in focus or so wide 
And I feel like yours is the balance between both. Yeah, that's thank you. I and that that's been a lot of work and I'm still working on it of like how like what's my role too as the leader and I think mm-hmm. really my role is being the glue of the framework mm-hmm. of these ideas mm-hmm. and always coming back to them. That's why we're doing purpose solstice here at the end of June because it's the longest day of the year and we need to tap into that energy and in both a woo-woo way but also a practical way of like Q3 is right around the corner. So let's come together already (laughs) and really, yeah, let's come together and plan. So, yeah. So really my goal is like, how do I strengthen the framework and the ideas and the ways that we can all connect and yet make it personal for each person and wherever they are in their business. And some people don't even have businesses yet. They're just creative and they want to pursue an idea and that's okay too. And that's been really important for me to emphasize is that wherever you are is perfect and where we want you to go next. We want you to grow. I want everyone to grow, but on your own schedule, but let's talk about how you do that, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. So I am not a part of the collective. And so coming from an outside view and looking in, um, are there any exercises or anything that you can do with our listeners and with myself and Nikki that kind of give us a taste for what that's like? Yeah, well, I think one of everyone's favorite exercise actually comes up very early in the membership. So as Nikki said, when new members come in, they go through what I call the Create Your Purpose Academy. And that whole phase is to help them clarify their purpose. And so one of the things that you need to do in that process is know where you're headed. Because I like to think of purpose as kind of the vehicle that gets you to your end destination So you need to know what that end destination is first before you define, okay, what's that drive? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that people love is this future self visualization. Now, I'm not going to share it because it's special for the members only, (laughs) but we can talk about it. And I'd love to kind of hear what your thoughts are. So the idea of this visualization is to actually see yourself in three time periods, I believe, which is... Nikki, you might remember. Is it six oh. months, one year, and three years? I think it was more spread out than that. I think it I was think maybe it's one year, three yeah. years, five yeah. years. Yeah, because it was a so. more like right now, what do I need to do? Yeah. yeah. And so, really, the goal of that is to viscerally get a feeling because you can be mental about your end destination all you want. But until you get it, and this is very actory, um, when, until you get that in your body, it doesn't feel real. Right. Like we did this all in acting where you have to like visualize and then you have to like move around and you're like walking as the character. And <laughs> my character would walk, you know, with her her weight down in her hips, you know, like stuff like that. Like you want to really feel it. And so I guess my my question would be, if we can just take a second and take a deep breath in. And out, like if you could really picture yourself in, let's say, one year, what are you doing? How are you feeling? What are you wearing? Maybe, Laura, you can let us know. And I know that was like 30 seconds, but what was the (laughs) first what was like the first impression that you got? Yeah. Let me just say in if you're if you're in the collective, Quinn has a beautiful it's like 15 minute guided meditation, sort of close your eyes and listen to her walk you through picturing this. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of that, you close your eyes and you you imagine and you you see what you see. And at the end of it, you kind of take notes on 
the future vision that you've pictured for yourself? Yeah, maybe you two already know, like a year from now, this is what I want. But I also want to clarify, visioning is different than setting goals, right? Goals are like measurable, actionable things. A vision is a feeling, a picture, a visceral understanding. It's not it's not the same. And I think artists probably know this better. Um, actors know it better because it's it's a physical thing. But I just want to say that and just ask, like, what what are you doing in a year? That's a really good distinction, Quinn, because I was like originally going to, OK, well, I will have had this licensed or I would have done this. And again, it's the what's it's not the feeling. Yeah, And that's OK. It's OK, Laura. But I would say, like, how does that make you feel? Yeah. I, the first word that came to mind was confidence. It was like, I would be confident. Like I would be confident in my own skin, confident in my abilities, confident to feel free to reach out to, um, to art directors or other people with my work. Like that's sort of the word that popped up for me. But see how different that is than, oh, I'm going to get certified by December. Like, cool. That's great too. But if you say, in a year, I want to feel like I have more confidence. Like that changes how you are and also the steps that you take to get to that objective, measurable goal. Like, because right. it's a quality, it's a value, and it's something that will sustain you even once you get that certification, you know? Yeah. Yeah. My results after doing the actual full visualization were more visual. It was about the space that I saw myself in. And it's very different to the space I'm living in now. (laughs) How so? Well, the funny thing is, I did another version of this visualization years ago through um, the Being Boss podcast. And somebody else, I can't remember who it was, did a similar kind of visualization of picturing your future self. Not the same, but similar. And And what I saw was very similar. So mine was about, I saw myself in a large, open, bright studio space with a whole huge wall of windows and glass doors that open onto a a huge deck or patio. And I'm working in the studio making my art. And there's some mysterious partner who doesn't exist in my life currently, who's also a creative person who is working on his side of the space (laughs) (laughs) and there's dogs and cats roaming in and out and the deck is lush and full of greenery and wow. And that couldn't be any more different from the space I'm in now. I mean, I do have a wonderful studio, but it has no natural light. (laughs) So what about that scene is what, like, what about it? Cause I think oftentimes it's not about the actual picture, but about the feeling behind it. So what is it? It's it's the feeling of maybe being more connected to my space and what I'm doing in it. So right now I have the studio and I'm recording in it and I'm looking around and it's a great space and I have all kinds of great stuff, but it's like chaotic and I'm not actually working in it. I'm working on my computer and not in my art studio. And so it's more about how I feel in the space for sure. The other word that comes up for me listening to you, and mm-hmm. you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, yeah. is uh, expansiveness. Yes. 
Yeah. Because the way the, and no one can see you except me. We we can see you right now. But when you when you were talking about it, yeah, you yes, were, I'm like going. I'm like ah, yeah. My arms are like you're like opening your chest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a bright, open space. One of the things is I have no natural light in my space. It's a beautiful space, but there's like no windows. <laughs> yeah. And I need that feeling like I'm not somebody who grows plants, but I like to be around them. And so I like to be able to throw up in the doors and see this space and feel it while I'm working in a space. So yeah, expansiveness is absolutely a good word yeah, for that. Yeah, vitality, connection, expansiveness. And I think when you can kind of distill these visions down to these values and these mm-hmm. feelings and these words, they're so much more powerful to move you forward than a objective measurable goal that your brain likes, but every, else, every other part of you is kind of bored by yeah. it, right? Yeah. But if you can keep it in mind, like mine always is I'm on a huge stage. Lights are shining on me. There's probably a thousand people in the room. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing stellar wide leg pink palazzo pants. (laughs) Nice. And it's not necessarily about the fact that I'm speaking or the fact that people are listening to me, but it's about the energy in the room and the fact that I created that with those people and I made a difference for them. Ah. And that image has spurred me on for years. And the cool thing is I keep somehow getting closer to that actual image being a reality, even though it wasn't about the the actual thing. It does keep happening. And I I, I have to say I I am woo-woo, but I'm not because I think there's a lot, I'm allergic to a lot of new age bullshit. I don't know if I can curse, sorry. Yes, you can. Okay. I feel like I am, you know, I lived in Venice Beach, like I've had friends, it's just a a hot mess, but there is some power and I don't think it's magical. I think it's actually just how life works. And it's also a privilege to see how life works sometimes that when you really see things and you move towards them, not necessarily in a magical way, but in a very grounded real way, like it's not magic, but it feels very magical. And that's amazing. Like that's what I feel like I missed all my life. (laughs) And to me, that's living with intention because you're in that space of, you know, whatever that image is for you and the feeling that it has behind it. So for example, Nikki's expansiveness, if you start making all of your decisions based on what is going to be more expansive for me or feel more expansive to me, exactly, then you're going to be in alignment with your purpose, right? Yeah. And that's why when we talk about purpose in the collective, you know, we really distill it down to a short phrase. And the funny thing is, and I tell this to all of our mentors now who are guiding people through the academy, is most people will try to do a business mission statement for their purpose. And we have to consistently remind them that their purpose isn't about their business, which is counterintuitive for them because they're in a group for entrepreneurs. But it's a real it's it really matters that your purpose is for you. It is broad. And yes, it can come to life in your business. It can come to life in multiple businesses like it did for me in design first, then marketing, now running this program and speaking. But I think the cool thing about purpose is that it's limitless. And so are we. That's beautiful. And it's really hard to get away from trying to make it about the business. Because like when I did this visualization and what I just explained 
was personal and not about the business. But then when I went on to the next part, which was the future self, it's more about business than anything else. Right after I did that whole one that was not about business, the natural inclination is to try to make the ideas about my business fit that. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, and you can do it. I just say there has to be a balance of yeah, definitely. Because, you know, when we talk about creating your purpose, it's create your purpose. You yes. know, it's not create your business's purpose. Yes. It's create your purpose and let that come to life in your business. And so the next exercise really is, well, how does your personal purpose express itself in your business's mm-hmm. mission? Mm-hmm. And so that's when we connect the dots. But we can't connect the dots if we haven't laid the first one down, you know? Right. Whew. Lots of things to think about. (laughs) Deep stuff. (laughs) It is. It is. Okay. So we've talked about what your collective is. And, um, and yes, I expect my kickback for being such, such a good salesperson for you. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to hire you to speak for me. (laughs) But I know that, um, you are opening it up again pretty soon. Yeah. But in advance of that, you have a free challenge coming up. I do. So yes, so applications opened in July. I have not announced the dates yet, um, but the wait list will find out first. Mm -hmm. But before we open up applications, which you can kind of guess when they're going to open based on the dates I'm about to say, we are having the Create Your Purpose Challenge. And it's funny, Nikki, because I was going through last year's challenge, which takes place in a pop-up Facebook group uh-huh. that then gets archived. And you uh-huh. were all over it. Oh, I remember. <laughs> I remember. I think that was the um, the launch before I actually signed up for it. I think. Two. Yeah, it was, it was two. Was it two launches before? Yeah. Because yeah. it was in the summer last year. Okay. I knew I wanted to, but I had already signed up for too many other things at yeah. the time. So the timing wasn't right, but the the intent was there. So talk about the challenge. Yeah, so it's super fun. And the whole idea is to kind of regain your sparkle in your (laughs) business is really tap back into the joy that started you off in the first place and to get a little bit more clarity on your why, but also marry that sense of purpose with the plan. And so it's almost like a little teaser of what members of the collective get on a much deeper, broader scale. Yeah, I mean, I can attest to that. It is it is just the tip. (laughs) It's just the tip. Just the tip. It's it's uh it's a, an amuse bouche. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna use that. Okay, okay. So that starts the beginning of July. Yeah, so it starts July 6th. So registration will actually be open when this episode goes live. So yes. feel free to sign up. Um we'll put the I'm sure I'll give you the link for the show we'll notes. We'll have it in the show notes for sure. Yeah. And so it's three days and every day you're going to get this actionable piece of advice, business advice in your inbox. And then in our private pop-up challenge Facebook group, you can post your assignment and then you'll be eligible for the prize. And each day has a different theme. So the first day is all about dreaming. So we declare our unicorn daydream and we really kind of tap into what we just talked about of envisioning the kind of life and business that would light you up. Mm -hmm. And then day two is where you declare that vision. You actually create what I call a nope list, a nope, like a Leslie nope list, except (laughs) not nope. (laughs) <laughs> and you say, what What am I not going to do anymore because it's not supporting the dream I just created on day one? 
So that's day two is declare. And then finally on day three, we design. So that's where I kind of train everyone on a little magic trick on how to really ground those dreams in reality. Because I think so often, like we talked about actually at the beginning, we paralyze ourselves. And so we actually create an action declaration of what you're going to do first in a simple format. So I like to call them snackable actions or abbreviated snackions, where you break things down into 15 to 30 to 45 minute tasks so that you can just make progress. Progress, not perfection, and just take one step forward because the next step will most often reveal itself when you're kind of in the in the gist. So it's three days. Every day I go live in the Facebook group. We do a training. There's prizes. There's gifts. And then at the end of it, that's when we open up applications for new members. And it is only application only. And we take maximum like 35 new members at a time because it is pretty intimate. You have an assigned mentor that guides you through the process. And yeah, we only open it up a couple times a year. And this is our summer one, which will be interesting because I feel like last summer was a totally different summer than this summer right? And in the world. So I'll be very curious (laughs) to see. Yeah, I'll just be curious to see like how it how it goes, because, you know, are people just like done with being online? I don't know. I don't think we'll ever be completely done with being online at this point. True. I'm <laughs> well, not. Those of us who make our living online. <laughs> and especially when you have added sparkle included, right, Quinn? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole tagline for the challenge is less hustle, more sparkle. So it's just about the idea of like, how do we just like have some fun, inject some joy, get a little kickstart over the summer on our big business dreams and make progress before the fall? Well, we'll definitely have a link to that so that um, our listeners can sign up and Um, Nikki, did you have anything else that you wanted to ask? A little bit more about Instagram, because although it's not your main focus, Quinn, you do Instagram so beautifully. Thanks. And it's what attracted me to you in the first place to find out more. So clearly your Instagram marketing is working. (laughs) (laughs) Like I love some of the things that you talk about in terms of repurposing content. Mm-hmm. Your Tip Tuesdays are amazing. They're just like little snackable. <laughs> yeah. And I think they're reels, right? I think you've started using reels. I try to do one reel a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm working on it. But I honestly, I think my philosophy and what my mastermind was that you were in, Nikki, is mm-hmm. using Instagram with intention. Mm-hmm. And what that means is you have to balance the kind of magical trifecta of strategy which so many people don't sit down and document a strategy. And by the way, my background is in content marketing. So I have taught this and done, you know, corporate strategies, solopreneur strategies for years. And Instagram just was my jam. Like it yeah. just was, it, and it used to be organic blogging. And then it was just like Instagram was what I taught for years and what I still teach. And so it really comes down to documenting a strategy. Also making sure your strategy is for Instagram because I still see a lot of people just trying to repurpose content from other channels, not adapting it for the idiosyncrasies of Instagram, and it just doesn't work. And then strategy and then systems, which, you know, I think repurposing, as you mentioned, is a mini system. Mm -hmm. It's how do you show up consistently 
on Instagram? Because I think we all know the idea of showing up for a while and then ghosting your audience. Guilty. <laughs> I don't I don't do that. <laughs> but I know it, it's hard, especially if you aren't clear in your message. It, it can be re- very hard to be consistent. Mm-hmm. But there are ways to build kind of guardrails around your strategy so that you do show up consistently over time because that's what matters right. is showing up. It doesn't matter how you are. It doesn't matter who you are. You just need to show up. Well, and I feel like I did your Instagram course too soon for me, almost. Mm. Like now that I'm figuring out the purpose, I want to go back and take the course again, which I can do because I still have access to it. So now that I'm working on figuring out my purpose and I'm in the part where I'm turning that into how it applies to my business and strategy there. Once I get that nailed down a little bit more, I want to do the Instagram course again. Well, that's perfect. Before that, I felt like it was just, I'm trying to come up with a strategy when I haven't narrowed things down enough for that. Yeah. Well, and the third part of the trifecta is purpose. Right. That's perfect. Um, And really, that's the differentiator on Instagram is what is your intention on the platform? Mm -hmm. And then how do you creatively bring that to life? And when you balance those three things, especially purpose, that is what creates a followable account and not even account, but a followable brand, right? Right. Because I could do this. My strategy is like I can take my message and execute it anywhere mm-hmm. and my purpose because I know what it is. But that is especially important on Instagram because that's what people expect. There's studies about this. Right. People expect experiences. They expect connection. They expect entertainment. They expect inspiration and education. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not giving that to them and you're just literally using Instagram as a billboard, then it just won't work. Even last night, I saw two tea companies. I love tea. And there was Harney and Sons, which I was fascinated that they did this because it's an old English brand. You would think it's very stuffy, but they used, I think it was Target Lady from SNL, which is a Kristen Wiig character. And they used her face on like a funny tea meme. And I was like, brilliant, right? Yeah, yeah. Then I go to this other tea company that I love, um, Stash. And they're actually like a Portland-based company. But I looked at their Instagram and it's all like like really nice staged photos of their tea. Mm -hmm. And like, that's great for a magazine, but it's not interesting. Whereas this old hundreds of year old stuffy tea company had the target lady, you know, like that's great. Yeah. Like that's the difference. It gives you a reason to want to come back for more instead. Exactly. And it doesn't. Yeah. Instead of just going, okay, yeah, those are some pretty pictures. You want to go back and see what's more. Exactly. Yeah. So that's Instagram. I love it. You know, and I think the big thing for me with Instagram in the beginning was I didn't know there were a lot of people like me. I didn't know women entrepreneurs. I didn't I didn't know like I didn't have anyone around my area. And so it really connected me with women who were like minded. And then that's what ended up, you know, spurring me on to create the collective was to connect everyone together. Awesome. I have one really important question for you. Okay. How do you feel about bourbon? Oh, yeah. We love bourbon. <laughs> yeah, they just opened a 
Phoenix bourbon room and <gasps> we were hoping to go. My husband's a big bourbon drinker nice. and we've also just gotten into mezcal. So yeah, ah. <laughs> I, actually my favorite though is bubbly. I'm a champagne girl, So am I. Um, but I, I do love a good bourbon. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I, um, you know, I moved to Kentucky. Uh, it'll be 18 years this year from Atlanta. And so I didn't know there was anything to drink, but Coke, but <laughs> So I discovered bourbon here, and it's a big joke that I can't get through an episode without talking about bourbon. This is true. So I oh, had, really? So she got it in. She squeezed it in on this one. I squeezed it in. <laughs> I was wondering. Yeah, my husband's favorite is Bullet. I don't know about yours. I love but, Bullet. Yeah, <laughs> the orange one. Bullet. Yeah. Bullet Tenure. There you go. Mm-hmm. I don't even know any of the brands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Quinn, I think you and it's Ryan, right? Yeah. You and Ryan are going to have to come visit Kentucky. Yeah. And in Paducah specifically, we have a bar that has 1600 bourbons. Oh my gosh. Pretty impressive. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I also grew up in a Scotch family. Um, Um, So I'm part Scottish and my dad would literally go to Scotland just to drink scotch. And he'd always bring a lot. Last, nice. last I counted, he had, I think, 28 types at home. So, wow. yeah. Wow. I, I wasn't a, like a huge fan. I think I, I, I prefer a bourbon, but yeah. Well, me too. Although I did grow up sucking on the ice cubes out of my grandmother's scotch. <laughs> okay. That might explain a lot. <laughs> Well, Quinn, I just want to say thank you. Um, we're excited about your upcoming challenge and um, participating in that. Yeah, that'd be so fun to have you. And just thank you for sharing all of your wisdom on purpose, on Instagram, on all the things today and how to bring a little bit more joy and sparkle back to our businesses. Yeah, keep following the sparkle and making magic. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, this was fun. Now it's your turn. Visualize your future a year from now. What does your world look like and how does it actually feel? Take Quinn's purpose quiz and let us know your results in the Stardust Society Facebook group. If you've enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star rating and review. Reviews help us reach more Stardust like you and keep us inspired to continue creating new episodes. For today's show notes, go to StardustSociety.com slash create your purpose. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.